Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is created, the Gadigal and Bidjigal people of the Eora Nation. I pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging. This is the Ash London Podcast. I am, you guessed it, Ash London. Reformed radio host, new mum and human being on a quest to live my best life when it feels like the world around me is imploding. Each week we do a bit of mum chat and I also do one of my favourite things on the planet and interview a guest. From celebrities who have entertained us over the craziness of the last two years to everyday people with inspiring stories. This is the Ash London Podcast. We've interviewed a range of mums on the podcast so far, but I realised recently we'll be yet to interview a single mum. One woman came to mind who's not only a single mother, but a businesswoman whose tenacity I've long admired. Her name is Minnie Latif. I met her in a nail salon. Her brow business was absolutely roaring until COVID came along. And like many other in her situation, she was faced with an impossible choice. We're going to talk about that quite a lot in this episode. I watched as she remained vulnerable, but positive and resolute to rebuild. Minnie is an inspirational businesswoman, mum and legend. Welcome to the podcast, Minnie Latif. Thank you so much for having me at London. Um, you always look immaculate and I can't even imagine you without the brows, the face, the skin, the nails. Like, does anyone ever see you looking like crap? Yeah, daily. Who? Oh, come on. Well, first person that sees me is my six-year-old and she's brutally honest too, right? Nice. So tell me how it is. But... um. I'm now, I'm going to be 45 next month and I have simplified my, how I look in the morning routine. It's all about what you do the day before. It's not what you do on the day. So what's the day before, like a good blow dry or something? Because I have, I need to know these things, Minnie. I'm useless. I really feel good when I wake up after I've had my hair blow away the day before. You know, like I walk. A big mirror in my bedroom, I wake up, I take a look. What can I tell you? It's what I do. I love that. <laughs> I love Because I had a blow dry yesterday, which, as you know, I never do. But I just, I, I don't know, maybe it was because I was preparing to chat to you. Like the power of mini compelled me. And I was like, fuck it, I'm going to go and get a blow dry. And then last night I was like, I felt so chic. And then I woke up this morning. And it's you're right, you look in the mirror and you just kind of look a bit done. I'm telling you, it's not the big, it's not huge things anymore. Yeah. It's it's a blow wave. Like even if you haven't got the time to get your nails done, but just keep them neat, keep mm. them clean. Well, sometimes I do actually have babies poo under my fingernails. So if I can get <laughs> the baby poo out, I think I'm having a good day, right? <laughs> That's why I love the salon life because this is where women connect. It's so true. Okay. We've got heaps to talk about. I want to rewind to the most brutal person in your life, Skylar, and we'll start with motherhood. So tell everyone listening about the little lady that made you a mom. Tell us a bit about her. All right. So Skylar's six. Uh, She just started prep this year. 
I was what they call a geriatric pregnancy. I was 38 years old. Felt so good walking into motherhood as a geriatric, um, which I do think by now they should change the name of that. Now, I was still a geriatric because I turned 35 three months before he was born and alongside all of the tick boxes of high risk it was like are you 35 years or over when giving birth and you're a geriatric mom I was like I still feel too young to be a mom yeah and I'm like all about positive aging right Mm. but even that was screwed me I was like come on (laughs) that's taking it a step too far um and look I've pretty much been a single mom when she was about uh I'd say from birth but technically on paper about a year and a half was there a point that you whether it was before the separation happened or at the separation that you knew I'm going to be raising this girl by myself yeah it was probably when she was about I actually remember the moment I'm I'm writing a book at the moment uh, so all of this stuff has surfaced recently so I like I very vivid, yes. Um, she probably was about three months, maybe six months. I think it was about three, four months old. Um, and I had just put her in her cot and I looked down at her and I said, it's going to be you and me, kid, and we're going to be okay. Did you believe that? Did you know you were going to be okay? Yes, because I'd done so much on my own. I'm a very independent person, not by choice. Like, it's just the things I do, I have to sort of do it on my own. The decisions I've made in my life, career-wise, friend-wise, family-wise, relationship-wise, I can't end up solo to pursue the life that I've chosen to live and um, I'm okay. Did you always want to be a mum and when you imagined what motherhood would look like, was it very different to what your journey has ended up looking like? I never was the woman or the teenager or any or even the kid that was like desperate to be a mum. I never spoke about motherhood in that way. I had this innate assumption that I'll be a mum one day. I just knew it. But there was no like longing. There was no like ovaries bursting. My ovaries burst at the moment when I see little babies, especially Buddy, like it out. Now that I'm a mum, that connects me. But prior to that, I wasn't like, oh, I can't wait to have a baby. I mean, I was married before that. I've done the marriage thing a couple of times. And when I was married to my first husband, having a baby wasn't even a discussion. And I was 31. Like, that's baby-making wow. age. And it didn't even occur to me to have a baby. Did you have the longing to be a businesswoman, to have a business, to have that entrepreneur? Like, was that the, like, was that the, the baby, so to speak? Yeah, I, I mean, I designed my first logo when I was 11 years old. It was a soccer ball, believe it or not, La Latif. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I still have it somewhere. But, yeah, I, I grew up with parents that ran their own small businesses and so I just assumed growing up you would own your own business too one day. So that was always at my forefront is when I opened my business, when I have my career. It wasn't about family. Mm. And even marriage, for me, um, getting married wasn't about starting a family and doing the picket fence. For me, marriage was companionship and travelling the world. Was and did you think you had to be married to do that? Because I know our cultures have a bit of hangover around that. Definitely was raised with the assumption that you got married and had a kid. But I didn't. I didn't have to worry about that because I really wasn't I'm not going to say I wasn't maternal because I have two gorgeous nephews that were born before Skylar and I feel like I'm, I realised how maternal I was when I became an auntie to them. So I knew it was in me, but um, I didn't care like about having one. Now, in fact, when I got married, I was 30, 
37, yeah, I think I was 37 the second time. <laughs> and he was like, all right, let's get on the baby wagon train. I'm like, oh, no, let's travel the world. <laughs> you know, why don't we go see a doctor and just make sure that, you know, let's just tick all the boxes, see, make sure. And she said to me, oh, Minnie, um, you're going to have to start trying straight away because at your age, we wait a year. And if you're not pregnant, then we start the discussions about, IVF or whatever, you know, other options. I was like, oh, okay, cool. So got married in March, was pregnant in April. Okay, so you probably um, you didn't need the, the year to figure out if it was going to work or not. You're obviously fertile, fertile myrtle. And, like, I'm not saying that really flippantly because I know so many women um, that struggle with fertility. Uh, my struggles with fertility happened later. So I did absolutely fall pregnant straight away and, you know, really easily, very natural and all that kind of stuff. But the issues happen later. Gotcha. It's such an overwhelming moment when you realise you're pregnant, even if it's something you really want. There's a difference between wanting something and then realising it is happening, I'm going to be a mum. And especially if you had assumed it would take a lot longer than it did, yeah. how did that feel when you peed on the stick or did whatever you did to find out that you were going to be a mum? I was really happy. I was really happy. I was still in that, you know, um, honeymoon phase. It was joy. That was all joy. That's beautiful. Okay, so you have the baby. The baby's coming. Six months in, you realise it's you and me, baby. We're doing this alone. Where are you at that point as opposed, um, in regards to your business journey? What? How much are you working? Which business are you up to? What's going on? <laughs> So I, I probably have to profess, like preface it with my background's all corporate, usually in e-commerce. I usually specialised um, back in the corporate days in online uh, marketing, digital marketing, that kind of area. And I work mainly in telecommunications and financial services, not super sexy, but I knew that my days of maybe parenting were going to come up, not at that moment, yeah. but I knew it was inevitable. So I hated the idea of maternity leave and someone telling me how long I was allowed to be with my child before I had to hand my child back and go back to the boss. That idea actually made me nauseous and it was really the uh, catalyst of going, okay, it's time now to start your own business because at some point you're going to become a mum. You want to sell your own ship, right? So I was like, okay, let's do this. So luckily I did that and around eight years later is when I had Skylar. So um, I was able to manage my time and my mat leave, let's call it, however I wanted. Now at that point, my business was thriving, it's pre-pandemic, and I technically took about three weeks off and then at that point I started to trickle back in. Um, I had a very traumatic birth. It was a three-day labour and a horrendous invasive um, natural delivery uh invasive in the sense of the whole thing the yeah. all the interventions possible yeah and the constant like prepare the or we're going in for a cesarean and i'm like yeah let me push one more time because i knew the recovery was longer with seizures and i needed to go back to work oh my gosh so even in the moment of like you're dying and there is not that c-section is an easier way out as you said the recovery sucks i did it wouldn't wish it upon anybody but even in that moment it wasn't because it's better for me or I want them it's because I need to get back to work and I don't want to be bedridden a hundred percent and I knew my marriage was over 
and that I was going to raise this kid on my own. So I had a business to run and a baby to um, look after by myself. And my mum, even though I never said anything to her about what was going on in the marriage, you know, you're a mum now, you know that you can read the room. And she knew, she didn't know, but she knew. My mum would have been exactly the same and she would have been preparing what she needed to prepare and, yeah, absolutely ready for me to make that to call her crying, your mummy, it's over. The next level of that was we've prepared the granny slap out the back and it's ready for you. And I went from hospital to my parents on my own and I was there for 10 days, you know, with all the recovery of the, you know, I had the fishes and stuff as most people do, but also like the knowing that my relationship was ending when I should be in this love bubble with my child. And I think that's the part where, I was very cognitive that I should probably be feeling really sad and grieving um, an end of a relationship. But if I really go into that and lean into the grief, then I'm going to miss these moments of a brand new baby and, I mean, all the horrendous stuff about, you know, learning to breastfeed and healing your vagina and all of the things. Um, But also the miracle of, um, I always say I've given birth to my own sister because I always longed for a sister. I never had, I had two great older brothers, but I wanted a sister. And now I've got this daughter that, and I never found out the gender. I waited for that moment. I feel like there's not enough surprises in life. So I wanted that moment. Um, I'll tell you something as not a lot of people know. So fast forward to today, I have a new company called My Julie. And a lot of people say, why Julie? And I said, well, I actually was going to call my kid Julie, right? And my husband at the time liked the name Skylar. And we never agreed on it. In fact, we were really like against each name. But we never made a decision. And when I gave birth, the nurse said, what's her name? And he would have, you know, he was totally fine with me naming the baby, whatever I wanted. But I thought, if I name her Skylar, which is his preference, maybe I can save our marriage. And so I named her Skylar to make him happy. Now, I have no regrets on that because she's beautiful. Like, she's Skylar, right? Yeah, it's a cool name. She's a cool chick. But later on, I gave birth to a new company and that's my jewelry. I love that. That's so great. I love this. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Okay, and before we talk about my Julie, the new company, I want to talk about um, the company you were running when I met you. And the fact that I watched over Instagram as this pandemic hit and so much of what you worked for really got obliterated and was completely out of your control. And you were so hard on sleeve. You were so vulnerable and open about the journey, which was so brave. Tell me about the business and then something completely out of your control comes along and it changes. The company was Ottoman Free Brow Bar. And I had had that business for almost 12 years before I shut it down post-pandemic or during the pandemic, should I say. So it was very successful. I had a number of locations and we were close to almost doing a million brows. 
by that point. So basically specialise in eyebrow threading and, you know, you can go to any mall across Australia right now and you'll find three or four locations uh, that do this concept. But when I started it, it didn't exist as a commercial model in Australia. My background is not beauty. I love beauty. It makes me happy. It's what fills my cup to do those, you know, hence the name Australia's Beauty Boss. But my background's all corporate, all business, all processes and policies and procedures and legals and contracts and all of the non-beauty type stuff, that is what is required to run a successful business. And so I brought all of that corporate knowledge into a concept of threading that's been around for hundreds of years and I was able to make it a commercial success. I like to think that I paved the way for a lot of companies and I also, a few years prior to closing it down, had started my own product line as well. And um, I want to take this opportunity to say thank you to you for using your platform during that really dark time to try and promote and push and do everything all for free. And I'm so grateful because I know it was thousands of dollars of media um, space that meant the world to me. So. And I think you did watch me build a store as well. It was right mm. underneath the box. So you saw it in bricks and mortar as well. And, you know, it's literally um, something that was just doing great. And then the pandemic comes, not to mention we're in Melbourne, the, the most lockdown city in the world. And there were times where our salons were locked seven months in a hit, right? Um, and not to mention all the other lockdowns in between. So at that time... Um, all that was happening was debt is being accumulated. Negotiations are killing me, absolutely killing me because on socials and stuff, there was like a lot of jokes about people going, well, whilst we're home, let's um, redo our pantry. And I, my home was becoming chaos. I didn't have time to do that. I spent in the heart of it my day on Zoom call after Zoom call with Business advisors, property property advisors, lawyers, accountants, not one accountant, multiple accountants, not one lawyer, multiple lawyers, all paying out of my pocket to get the best advice to try and understand all these stimulus packages and what the government was throwing to small business that no one really understood. Because if you, as an intelligent, educated woman who has spent a decade or more in that world, in that corporate side of business, if you couldn't scratch the surface and figure out exactly what was available. How the hell is a normal small business owner going to understand what's going on? It was unprecedented time, unprecedented. So I would come back and then um, divulge everything I learned to my followers and just like, look, do what you can with this. This is all I know. And I felt that was important to give back to our, our people. You know, women in business for me, um, I've been doing it on my own for almost two decades. And so to now be in an environment, which is the stuff I love about social media, is the connection. We know there's a lot of crap about it, right? But to focus on the positive, to be able to connect with everyone and then go, hey, in an instant, this is what this means. And, and I've got endless, endless uh, DMs from people saying, because of you, I saved X thousands of dollars or because of your guidance or motivation or whatever, I was able to negotiate this with my landlord. I kind of um, selfishly needed a little bit of that validation to, to know I was heading in the right direction. It just got to a point after the second year of lockdown where I had to make a call. 
Because there was a time, there was a moment I remember when one of the lock, I mean, I'm in Sydney, so I couldn't keep up with the craziness of the Melbourne lockdowns. But there's one day that the salon had opened after being closed for X amount of months and you had a video of the line out the door of all of the women. There would have, there were hundreds of women. So at that point, I'm sure you thought, we're out of it. My business is going to survive. People still want the service. I'm back. Demand was never the issue. Yeah, government was the issue. And I don't want this to be a political conversation, but we were very much at the mercy of what the government was allowing us basically function. So one of the videos, like one of my stores was in High Point and the queue went for three hours. Now, don't forget, this is a 15-minute service. We typically take anywhere between 15 to 30 minutes to get your eyebrows threaded um, by a brow mask by the way, not by just someone that has put a piece of thread in their mouth and gone, let's just call it a day. Um, And I went to the salons and I would talk to people in the queue because I could not understand why you would wait three hours. I get how important brows are. When people used to say to me, look, Minnie, no offence, but I'm really fussy about my brows, I would look at them and go, dude, are you like for real? I have a whole business based on this. (laughs) I get it. I walked those queues and I hung out with those people and I would say, you know, if you come in about a week or two, there's not going to be this queue. Or even if you come tomorrow, I'm sure it's not going to be three hours. And they're like, Minnie, we're not here for our brows. We're here for you. Oh, multiple times. I'm like, really? And that's why they still follow me on Insta and we still have this conversation. They're my number one customers with my new business. If you look at my stats on my my current e-com business, only 15% are new customers uh, each day. So all repeats already. Well, they trust you. You've built trust over many years so they know you're not going to sell shitty products, that it's all stuff you recommend and, and they trust you and not many business owners have that sort of trust, I don't think. Well, people buy people, not brands. Yeah. So I have spent all of my retail career as the face of the company to an extent i mean we always use models and stuff like that but to have that open dialogue and like when it's crap talk about when it's crap too like this whole narrative right now oh you've got to be authentic like you should have been authentic 20 years ago too there's two compliments that i love the most in the world and one of them is oh my god Minnie, you're exactly the same in real life and as you are on socials or where i've seen you on media and i'm like yeah like why is that a surprise Mm. You would know this better than anyone, Ash. And the other compliment that I get is one that makes me feel really, really good is you're strong. And I think strong is the catalyst of survival. And you've bloody survived. Like watching you have to cut your losses and walk away from your baby, I mean, I can't imagine. So talk to me about when you knew it was time to walk away and how hard that was. The official date was October 2020, uh, October 9th actually, 2020. Um, That, you've got to remember, the plan, the strategic exit for me was to IPO the business, make my money on the stock market and then build my next business and then invest in everyone else and everything else that's going on in the world. So to not only not be able to sell my business and make a profit, I always said to the team, uh, my wins are your wins. Any financial gain is your financial gain. Like giving back was really part of the uh, culture of, of my company. So not only did I fail, I felt like I failed my, my team. 
we did almost daily at the beginning of the lockdown. We did almost daily uh, Zooms as well. Definitely daily check-ins with everyone. And eventually it started to not be, it'd be every second day or a couple of times a week. And you know, eventually it evaporated. But letting them down, which meant letting their kids down, because a lot of these women, I, uh, full female staff, uh, and a lot of them were the sole breadwinners in their homes as well. So I understand now that I was going through grief and I'm still grieving it. Because it is grief. That's exactly what grief is. You believed one thing and your life was going to look one way and then through no fault of your own that's taken away from you and you can't do anything and you have to let it die. So how do you get past that? How Was there a period of wallowing? Yeah, like... I felt really responsible for everyone that was in the, the company, right? So I spent the majority of my energy making sure they were okay. And so I guess giving back is my way of not really being in the grief, right? Are you okay? What can I do for you? Uh, we still for months, even a year later, me and the senior management team were doing um, Sunday morning Zoom Pilates, you know, and still hoping that something would transpire and keeping that connection. We've only recently stopped doing that. Just really staying connected to the people that were involved, staying connected to my community. And those that are in it know I refer to them as the wolf gang because we're like a pack of wolves and we stick together and we're stronger when we're together. There's just this moment that I've only had recently where I've understood that being quiet and stepping away is just as important than just going and giving and and trying to help everyone because uh, resentment can kick in. So I'm working on myself now, Ash, right? But that's when you're ready. Like you couldn't have done it then. You know, you do what you have to do in the moment to get through. It takes a lot of courage to then have the disappointment, have the grief and then have hope again and then take a risk again, go into business again. So my Julie comes along at yeah. what point did you know it was, it was time to get back out there? I still question that, Ash. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's a year old now and she's very much still in her infancy and uh, developing her mission statement and her vision statement and all of these things. Like I've redone the logo three times in a year um, and it's, it's something that I believe is forever going to evolve and essentially I have never questioned its purpose though. So my jewelry is a community driven e-com site for today where I have put together a curation of products that sort of sit between beauty and wellness um, and most of them are from female founded brands within Australia. Uh, except for Corbin from Three Warriors, he's the Tasmanian dude who's doing so well as well. I love it. Oh man, that's so wonderful to hear that still after everything you're still not just kind of building a business to get back what you lost or to get back on the train and achieve everything. But it's still about helping other people, women especially. Um, And if you feel like you can help them grow their business, well, that's a win. I think it's so impressive, Minnie. You know, blogs are a very old concept, but I feel like blogs are coming back in. So I um, have a blog space called The Village, right, my Julie Village, and that's where I've had people friends that I know from all around the world who are all writing pieces that are around a thousand words a piece of their current story and it can be about uh, they've written about dating in your 40s as a, you know a, a single mum with young kids 
health issues or going into menopause at the age of 37 um, and all of these things that women go through and not have a platform to really chat with. Look, there are now platforms are starting to appear, but it's that area that really excites me. So I have now, I've almost signed a lease uh, for our first My Julie Bricks and Mortar location where it is a community-driven space. I mean, we doubled the space of what I've had in the past because, yes, we're going to have treatment rooms to do all the beauty stuff that I love, but the other half is a space where women can go and hang out. You're amazing, darling. That's so incredible. Um, I'll put all the links to everything in the episode notes. So if you want to support Minnie and her businesses, um, you can join the community, get around it. Minnie Latif, thank you so much for making time. I'm cheering you on always, darling. Oh, thank you. I feel like you're my people, Ash. I just feel you always. Big love to Minnie for sharing her story so openly um, on today's episode. I mean, it's, it's still so fresh having to do what she's done, but to hear her speak um, with that resolution, the knowledge that, you know, she's going to keep going, she's going to keep chasing her dream, I think is really, really inspiring. Love you, Minnie. She's an incredible human being. As all women are, that's what we do, right? We're faced with those tough situations. We don't wallow. We just kind of roll up our sleeves and get on with it. Others are an incredible breed of human as I'm learning. Hopefully I can grow in to be the same kind of mother that she is. Have a great week, guys. I'll catch you next time. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.